friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. I am Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I am super excited to be here today with Simon Bohm. How are you, Simon? Simon, you, you there? I'm good. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I was like, wait a second, did I lose Simon? Uh, there he is. Um, so, uh, Simon, <laughs> really, really super excited to talk to you today. Simon is currently the Partnerships and Markets Manager for US West at Veo Technologies. Am I pronouncing that correctly? I should have asked you that too. Is it Veo or Veo? You know, it actually it derives from the, the Spanish Veo, um, where, you know, I see. To see, so uh, we pronounced it, you know, both ways. To be quite honest with you, I say Vio, um, okay. but again, it might be the Danish accent that's fooling myself. So I, I don't know. You. <laughs> you can say Veo, and I'll be just fine. Okay, awesome. I love it. That's great. Well, and, and Simon is a 2018 graduate of our program, and. Uh, yeah, I'm just so super excited to talk to you, Simon. You have such a unique story and um, and excited for our listeners to get to hear about your story. Tell us, first of all, where you're from. Well, I am born and raised in uh, just a little small town outside Copenhagen, Denmark. Um, and I grew up there until I was about uh, 15. And then I actually moved overseas with the family to Houston, Texas, due to uh, both my parents actually getting a job over there. Yeah. And spent some years in high school before then getting recruited to uh, to play soccer at Cal Poly and, and get the whole experience. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, really uh, loved growing up in Denmark. It was it was a great experience. Um, funny story, I actually spent the first three years of my life in Texas as well um, you due did? to my dad being and being in. The, I did, yeah. My dad was in the Danish military, oh. and there's uh, the training base of the fighter pilots uh, up in northern Texas. So we were kind of back and forth there for a while, but uh, ended up in the U.S. So, wow, that is wild. So, um, I would imagine that very few of our listeners um, have ever heard that um, said. So, the Danish military <laughs> was training in Texas. They still have a training facility there in Texas. They do. Uh, I, I would have to double check, but I'm pretty sure that the, the Air Force base is still up there in Wichita Falls. Okay. Um, and that's where most of uh, Scandinavian European pilots train. I think it's something to do with the airspace. There's just more more space to train. Uh -huh. uh, but I could be wrong. I'd have to go back and check. So, and like they say, everything everything's bigger in Texas, right? Uh, <laughs> so that that is wild. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so we know what your so we know what your dad uh, did while you're growing up. What about your What about your mom? Well, my mom uh, was actually in sales pretty much from the get go in, okay. in shipping. Um, so she sold fish pretty much her whole life. Um, still does, and actually just got a new job with with a great company. Um, but funny enough. Uh, like you said, I work for Vio. It's a Danish company. Uh, mm -hmm. My dad works for a Danish company as well, and so does my mom. So my sister is actually the only one who works for an American company. So oh, she's really? the odd one out while we're she's all still in out. the U.S. Wow, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. really that's really wild. So tell us, uh, tell us what it was like. Um, gr I, I want to talk about the the two different worlds, right? You had a you had a some cu a culture class, totally. there, right? What was it like growing up in in Denmark, and then? Um, what was it like, uh, you know, high school years in Texas? I imagine that was a culture shock. <laughs> you can say that. Um, it, it was quite interesting. I mean, the transition definitely, but I would say growing up in Denmark, um, some people use the term latchkey kid. 
Uh, and I would definitely say I was sort of in the same vein, um, was given a lot of responsibility right off the bat. Um, I was, I was lucky enough that, yeah, I, I grew soccer, grew, I played soccer growing up. Um, and I actually was lucky enough that my dad be my coach for a while, but, but following that, I took the bus to training myself, uh, walked home to school by myself, um, those kind of things. So, right. so very quickly, you kind of learn to, to, to do your own thing and, and understand that there are some responsibilities that you bear. Um, but it's, it's quite the safe place to grow up. So it's not really like, it's a big concern to do that kind of thing. And, right. you know, having some perspective might not have been as easy in, in Texas because you have to drive everywhere. Right. right. So, um, no, I, I loved it. It was great to, to grow up around family. Um, I still have probably most of my best friends back in, in Denmark. Yeah. So, you know, the transition then from, you know, at a teenage age to move to, to Texas of all places, um, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I thought my life was over for a hot second there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was standing, you know, playing, playing soccer at a, at a decent level at the time mm-hmm. and kind of thought that might be something I wanted to pursue more seriously. Yeah. Um, got home from practice one night and kind of my parents sat my sister and I down and we did not know what hit us. <laughs> so, um, from, from, from that to then, you know, a few months later moving to Texas, uh, it was kind of a whirlwind from, you know, having all your friends doing exams and looking at where they're going to go to high school. Um, cause in Denmark at ninth grade you end, and then you go into essentially what's called gymnasium or high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was essentially just saying, well, I don't need to do any testing. I'm, I'm moving across the pond. So, um, there was definitely a transition. I will say I got very lucky. I uh, spoke with actually one of my buddies about this the other day, but having that support system of coming straight into a high school where you then have a sports team mm-hmm. to support you um, was incredible. And I don't think I would had, have, have had as easy of a transition if I hadn't been in sports. Yeah. Um, same thing goes for when I grew up in Denmark. Mm-hmm. It was just an instant group of friends um, that you were sort of forced to bond with due to it being a team sport. Yeah. So um, it was it was quite nice. Uh, I definitely would say, you know, as a family, we had to adjust, but it also made us tighter as a unit. Mm-hmm. Um, and to this day, I still think it's it's kept us together much more so. Um, with that said, I, I am living in California currently with, with the rest of the family in Texas. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I kind of was the one who chose to leave, but, uh, were we kidding? It's California. That's enough said right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, Simon, yeah. I, I but, uh, uh, high school was, was interesting in Texas. Yeah, I bet. And I, I really appreciate you sharing that. Cause I think, um, I think what you said, I, I, I had no idea you and you and I have never talked about this, but right. b- before you, you started speaking, I, I started thinking to myself, I bet it was a little bit easier because of soccer. And, um, and, and like you said, that instant, that instant friendship, right? I mean, obviously you guys weren't, <laughs> they weren't necessarily instant. You have to build that, <laughs> but, but, but you do have that instant, like potential bond, right. That can develop. And, um, and, exactly. uh, and so, uh, it's nice to hear that, 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 that helped, um, to ease the transition. And uh, now we should give a shout out your sister, how much, uh, older or younger is your sister than you? Oh, just 14 months between us. Uh, oh, she's cool. younger. Um, she went, she went to uh, Texas A&M. So stuck around Texas oh, no way. and, um, Sometimes I'm a little perplexed as to how she's my sister because she's now a bio- biochemist. 
Um, oh, <laughs> so went wow. exactly the opposite direction of what I'm doing now. Yeah. So right. very, very proud of her. Um, she's kicking butt and taking names and it's been, it's been really cool to see her sort of transition from out of school to now being in a, in a professional career and, you know, just doing really, really well for herself. So yeah, it's been great. Right on. And I imagine that was, um, I imagine that was pretty cool also to have, um, have a sibling pretty close in age to be able to experience the transition together. And I imagine you all helped each other, um, through that and, um, and wow. Yeah. Shout out biochemist. Um, that is, uh, that is something <laughs> else, uh, uh, biochem, uh, me and biochemistry don't see eye to eye. So, uh, <laughs> that was, that was one of the things that stopped no, me. me neither. From my, yeah, Not that, at was all. The, that was one of the things that stopped me from, down uh when i was going down the science path <laughs> i was not smart enough for biochemistry that's for sure um so let's talk a little bit you know you you mentioned that you were a student athlete here at cal poly and um and we have had a number of really successful student athletes over the years come through our program um but let's talk about that process what was uh what was uh the recruitment process like and how did you end up uh out here at cal poly it was um kind of almost by coincidence i didn't really know much about the college system obviously being from denmark and, and not really knowing what that meant in denmark you just kind of if you pass gymnasium in high school you get the chance to go to college and it's free so yeah. you know having parents who haven't <laughs> haven't saved up for school and you know knew what the good and the right schools were it was um it was quite the journey there for a while to figure out what the best best path was for me and um i mean to this day i've count my lucky stars that I did end up coming to Cal Poly because it's a level with you. It was actually the only school I applied to out of high school. Um, I I spoke with the coach and yeah, I spoke with the coach. He essentially said, you know, if you you get these grades, uh, which was a struggle, um, you'll be able to come to Cal Poly. And um, I actually, I mean, I I don't want to blame it entirely on language, but actually to begin with in high school failed um, ESL, English for Second Language Students. And sort of the trans <laughs> so the transition into to becoming you know a full-time english student um or student in english was uh, definitely interesting and i think the, the thing that held me back from getting into cal poly to begin with was actually uh field jewish history <laughs> believe it or not so oh, really um you know <laughs> yeah so i had to go back take some online classes and, and that ended up actually qualifying me to get in Right. Uh, so that was quite the exciting day uh, when I found out. But um, I did do a, vi- a visit, of course. And I think as soon as I sort of drove in the slow with my dad, it was uh, it was game over. Just seeing the hills, um, yeah. understanding that you're pretty much 15 minutes from the beach um, and 15 minutes from wine country going the other way. Right. You didn't really have to sell me much on that. <laughs> it was right. pretty straightforward by that by that right. point. So no. It, then and then obviously started hearing about not just the soccer program but but how great the education one was as well and how highly regarded it was um it seemed kind of like a no-brainer for me so so as soon as i knew that i was good to go um i stopped all other pursuits and just said this is the one for me um and from then on out i sort of just prepared to become a cal poly student right right well i love it that is um 
That is is such a great story, and I, um, you know, I appreciate uh, the the honesty there in, in talking about grades and and um, and struggles, and and I think that's important for for people to hear. And I want to make sure that um, that we don't. Um, uh, that 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 the the narrative uh, switches a little bit here because Simon ended up graduating cum laude from <laughs> uh, from Cal Poly, and so you know that's a testament to you, you may have some struggles, um, you know, early on in high school or whatever it may be, early on in your college career, but you can always turn it around. And um, you know, I uh, I uh, just remember Simon as being a just a great student and when you look at his transcripts and look at uh the the fact that he graduated cum laude which is uh one of the highest uh one of the highest honors that you can get um that is that is super awesome and to do all that while being a student athlete is is pretty impressive simon and also be doing it in a language that is not your your uh the the language you grew up speaking so um that's pretty awesome so let's talk a little bit about your your time at Cal Poly, um, obviously, as a student athlete, you have a unique, um, you have a unique perspective from um, from uh, from others, and um, so I just wonder if you can reflect on on what that was like. If you have any like um, really enduring memories, like what's your uh, when you when you think back uh, to your time here in San Luis Obispo, is, is there anything that really really sticks out, or or, or some you know a couple things if if you want to bring that out yeah i mean i think um to, to start with i'm sure i'm not the first and i won't be the last to say this but but slow will hold a special place in my heart for for the rest of my life um i met my girlfriend there we're now living together um and having you know the privilege of, of playing for the soccer team there was just as amazing uh, i think one of the really cool things was was playing the uh the blue green rivalry against uh, ucsb and yeah. you know after the game, crowd surfing uh, and just, you know, playing in front of almost 15,000 people was uh, it's an experience you rarely get even in, in the college world, uh, especially in soccer. Um, you know, obviously we can we can look at what the football world is looking like. But yeah, it was, it was incredible. But but for me, I think it really I, I can say it right now. I I had a dream of always wanting to play pro. Uh, that was sort of uh, a boyhood dream that I think anyone playing soccer. Yeah. to an extent wants to pursue um and we were we were privileged enough to have a coach who'd been sort of from that realm as well mm-hmm. uh you know coaching the national team and LA galaxy and such so you know getting his perspective on that kind of stuff was, was also very cool um and then we had some really good players on the team so you know seeing them progress and some of those guys still playing obviously is, is awesome and you're yeah. you're proud to have even shared the field with them um but at the same time um i i always had a love at the same time for, for marketing and advertising. I'm, I know I'm doing a little bit of a, a left turn here and out of nowhere, but it, it sort of spoke to me very early on. So being able to sort of couple a really great sports experience with, with a really good education, yeah. um, still meant a lot to me. Uh, I know it did to my parents as well, you know, yeah. having to pay so much for going to school. I, I was privileged to get, get some money from, from the program as well to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that said, um, I also understood that education played a big part. Obviously, even if you went and played professionally, <laughs> right. that's not going to be your job forever. Uh, right. And you got to be able to actually find someone to live off of following that. 
So um, I'm not saying, you know, always have a plan B, but at the same time kind of do. <laughs> right, <laughs> because, right. <laughs> um, I think it's okay to also be realistic. Um, so I, I think I pursued a dream of, you know, getting a really good college experience while, while still trying to, to see what I could do from a, from a sports perspective, but still excel in, in the academic realm. So, um, I think sport management was the perfect transition into that. Um, I think we, we covered a lot of really interesting topics. Um, I was lucky enough to couple it with the, uh, integrated, uh, communication matter. Uh-huh. Um, so sort of having the two combined was essentially uh, the perfect cocktail for what I'm also doing now, uh, right. luckily. So, um, yeah. And again, I, I, I kind of say this in a cliche now when obviously speaking with former Cal Poly alumni, but when I say it outwardly to colleagues, it's sort of the whole learn by doing mentality. Um, <laughs> it's actually right. brought me forward quite a bit in my professional career. Yeah. So at the time when you're like, oh, it's just a school, it's just a school motto. Um, even with that said, I, I think we actually do a really good job of trying to live by it as well. Yeah. Um, so that's been quite cool to see. I love it, Simon. Thank you so much for for that um, for that reflection. You know, a couple things that you said I want to I want to highlight. You know, for for those um, for those listeners who who don't know Cal Poly um, really well um, and, and don't know the um, the rivalry with um, with UC Santa Barbara, um, y- you know, we have um, over the years um, we continue to break the record for um, men's soccer attendance um, for that game. Like I think we swap back and forth like each and every year. I feel like it's, um, I don't know if this is still the case, but it used to be that um, we each year we would break the record for the, the highest attendance in men's soccer for a single game. And, um, and you're right. Like there's, there's really no other comparison there in terms of, um, of, uh, of that rivalry and the attendance and the atmosphere. I mean, I remember going to the first one and I was like, oh wow, this is like this is like Carolina <laughs> Duke. This is like Carolina Duke in basketball. Like I had no idea this was happening, right. you know, right here in San Luis Obispo. And and so it's really pretty amazing. Um just a packed house and just so exciting. And um, you know, um al- although I will say the first one that I went to, Simon, I had to help carry um uh, a young woman um, out who had um, had a little bit too much pregame, um, and so, <laughs> so uh, that was a, that was a little rough. But um, uh, <laughs> l- luckily, um, uh, she it, it the uh, what she deposited in the stands did not um, end up on my shoes, but came really close. Um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, it's just a really. <laughs> really um really wild and fun atmosphere and so getting to experience that on the pitch i imagine was pretty amazing and um and then just also hearing you talk about um learn by doing and you know i i think one of the things that i think is so critical along those lines is um students and student athletes like you really embracing it Right. I mean, learn by doing. I mean, we can have, uh, you know, we can have learn by doing in place. But if the individual doesn't utilize it in a way to help them 
you, you can take a disengaged learn by doing approach, in other words, right? And um, and one of the things I always appreciated uh, about you right. and, and and so many of our students is they don't take a disengaged approach to learn by doing. They they embrace it. And um, and you know, I, I know you didn't experience the um name, image, and likeness uh, era uh, that, that we're now in in intercollegiate athletics. But it's my hope that that will help propel Learn by Doing even more, right? Because student athletes will come to realize that, hey, each and every one of us now are our own business, right? And so um, and so I think there that, that we can um, embrace Learn by Doing even more along those lines. Um, so let's transition. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, 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 yeah. So let's transition um, now to uh, those post uh, post Cal Poly years, you know, um, um, and and we can we can kind of utilize the internship as a um, as a transition piece, if you will. Um, so let's talk about. Um, yeah, perfect. Let's talk about moving out of, of Cal Poly and into the working world. What was your internship and what was that like? And 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 what was um what was the transition like into the uh, working world from um being a, a Cal Poly student athlete? I think staying in the vein of what you said in terms of learn by doing, um, I did have that sort of passion also for marketing and advertising and, and just generally understanding how to activate. Uh, a brand really well and luckily we have some some really really great opportunities for that on campus um so i'm you know her well she helped with uh, your book as well uh ellen curtis was kind enough to to let me be under her tutelage and and i ran sort of some of the summer activities with her uh and actually ended up doing my internship with her as well um so it was it was a great experience i was sort of the, the marketing associate uh, for the Cal Poly Corporation, uh, with sort of a focus on campus dining in particular. Yeah. Um, she, similar to the rest of Cal Poly's sort of motto and, and, and what we stand for, I think she was really good at giving you a long leash and, and giving you responsibility. Um, and it's something that I've definitely seen more of as sort of into the professional world as well, but sort of the um, holding yourself accountable and you're not going to have a babysitter that's going to come around and, and tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you have tasks and you are just the one who's going to be the one in, tar- in charge of actually making sure they get done. Um, showing up on time to make sure the booths for the open house are ready and look good and every, th- every flyer is ready to be passed out, that kind of stuff. Um, I even got as, as privileged as enough to present to, I think, 3,000 people at one point for the new campus dining program. Um, so I was very well versed in that um, <laughs> when, wow. when my summer internship was over. But yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. It was, a, it was cool. a really great experience. And it exposed me to just so many different areas of things that I do today. I mean, even in our, our major as well, uh, you go from you know hotel management into sort of um, event management, sorry, hotel event management and sort of the sports management from the perspective of also integrating with case studies on other schools and how their programs have affected their campus dining and all different kinds of things that were really, really interesting. Um, She gave me a lot of of just responsibilities right off the bat. So that was really cool to experience because I don't think you often, you know, 
that the word intern sometimes has a bad connotation, but yeah. I think when people look at it from a positive perspective and like, I can actually utilize someone who's motivated to, to teach them while also being a really, really good asset to the company that they're working for. Um, I think it's the perfect combination and, uh, I definitely think I found it. So, wow. um, it helped me transition into the world that I'm in today. And, um, yeah, it's been, it was a really, really good experience. So, uh, I hope that answers the question. Yeah, I love it. And shout out to Ellen, um, Curtis, for sure. Um, and uh, along those lines. So, so let's now talk about, you know, you, you've, um, you've worked for, for K-Force and, and Tonser, uh, was it Tonser United? Is that what it is there? And then, and then also now, um, uh, VO Technologies. And so, um, you know, w- without going through each of those jobs and, and you know, talking, uh, you know, I, I, like I, I said to you uh, beforehand, you know, just running through your resume is not that interesting, in other words, right? <laughs> uh, but, but, but talking about, right. I think talking about your journey and the storytelling aspect of that narrative of, of how you have developed into, into um, uh, your, your current self in terms of professional development. Um, can you take um, something from either K-Force or Tonser and, and say um, or reflect on what you learned in, in one or both of those positions that have helped you um, to uh, to excel in, in your current position? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I even going a step back from that, I think uh, following Cal Poly, I sort of had a stint of wanting to go play professionally. Um, and I had a few trials, uh, nothing okay. really panned out. Um, but, but coming from that and then trying to then say, okay, well, I'm not going to be entering the professional world, um, was definitely hard for me. Um, and I, I gotta admit, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but one thing that I always sort of leaned back on was the, the sort of the width and the breadth of experience that you got at Cal Poly mm-hmm. in different areas. Um, and I knew that I needed some sales experience. So, so I actually right off the bat went out and got essentially what you would maybe call today a cold calling job um, in, in a recruiting company. It was, obviously, it was more than that. But if you really want to bully that, bully it down to what it was, um, working for a staffing company in the healthcare industry, mm-hmm. um, I really got to learn sort of the basics of sales, you know, creating a pipeline, um, account management, all those kind of things. And mm-hmm. I think the lessons that I took from that job are things that I still carry with me today. Um, there was really hard times doing that job too. Um, definitely not going to lie. It, it was by no means a dream, dream job, but it paid the bills and it taught me things that I still use to this day. It made me sort of come out of my shell a little bit. I mean, I'm, I'm known for being one to, to talk a lot. Right. <laughs> um, I even think my roommate freshman year told me to, to shut up and I talk too much. <laughs> and, but yeah. honestly, it's, it's been, it, it was, it was quite, it was quite nice to, to go into an industry where you sort of had to rely on your interpersonal skills a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but also then have a strategy. You know, you can't just go in and start having a conversation without really knowing what you're going to be talking about or understanding what it is you're trying to solve for the, for the potential customer. Right. So I actually took that um, and all the lessons I got at K-Force, um, you know, put in a suit on every day and sort of just learning to be in the industry of, of the, the real world, if you will. Right. Um, to then actually almost landing a dream job, I would say. Um, yeah. That was kind of cool. Tonser is in the same realm of what, what I work in now. Uh, right. It's in, in AI sports tech. It was a, a startup company out of Denmark, uh, coincidentally. 
Uh Um, and it was, it was crazy the way that it happened, but I was, I was actually back in Texas and we had some, some family friends over for dinner. Uh, the guy actually worked in in the startup industry and and especially in app and tech startups and just sort of, you know, asked what I wanted to do with my life. And I, I sort of looked at him with this blank stare and just kind of said, well, you know what? I really don't know. Uh, but I can tell you that I really like sports. I, I like marketing. I like selling. Uh, I think I'm quite good at it in terms of selling to people, um, obviously with a lot of, to learn still. Uh, but, um, I definitely think something in that industry will be quite interesting. And he had just weeks earlier met with these guys that had started the company. Right. Um, so, so to begin with, I actually started as a, <laughs> I actually started as a consultant, which, uh, meant a lot of long hours, um, which resembled a lot of what I actually did at Cal Poly. when you look at being a student athlete, you know, mm-hmm. practicing long, trips on the bus and still having to, you know, keep up with your studies. Right. Um, I was working daytime for, for the, for the K-Force company while still then coming home and going uh, straight to the, (laughs) to the kitchen table and and making go to market strategies for this new tech startup out of Denmark uh, and seeing how we could expand into the U S market. And to me, just even getting the the opportunity to, to show and, and, you know, at least be part of something like that was was a driver enough for me I, I didn't get paid for the first many months um and for me it was more so how can i prove that i have enough value and how can i show value continuously uh until they're ready to really make the move to the us um so that's kind of how it all transitioned right. from being a sort of consultancy <laughs> nighttime job to then all of a sudden getting the email which was you know fantastic saying hey we're ready to expand um and and at the time i was living in los angeles with my girlfriend um and and the crazy part of it all was it was uh it was the month of march of uh 2020 um so not a great timing for starting a new job (laughs) yeah so covid was just around the corner and i was ready to take on this this i think it's safe to say you know not the most stable job when it comes to being in a in a new market with a with a still a very early startup with i think less than 50 employees but um it was something that i felt would really stoke a fire in me to to learn more and also just stay sort of in the realm of sports while still doing the business side of it so i was all about it i thought it was going to be a great opportunity but it did mean i have actually have to move back to texas for a few months to to start up the market there um it went really well considering COVID was raging at the time. Right. Um, and we we did what we sort of needed to do, but but as everyone else experienced in COVID, it just, you know, at the end of the day, we we survived the first wave. We I think we got through 2020 quite nicely, actually. Um, and I I had sort of joined the company with the notion of we're gonna start Texas up and then we're gonna go to California at some point once we've sort of secured the Texas market. Right. That didn't happen. So I had a girlfriend living in, in Los Angeles where I was still paying the bills for the apartment with her. Um, while living at home in my parents' guest room, um, sort of trying to make everything work out and, you know, kudos to her for also sticking with me through everything. I know long distance isn't for everyone, um, but we got through it. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, after the second wave in, in early 2021, that's when I then actually got laid off for the company. Um, they went down to, I think five people Uh and only operating out of France at the moment. Um, they're still, still around, but it was uh, it was a really 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 good learning experience because it exposed oh, yeah. me to a lot of things that I do today. Um, so you can kind of say that the job that I had with Tonser 
was the training wheels and, and they sort of got blown off um, in the span of a week before I then joined Vio. Um, and that was quite a quick turnaround because they actually had the same, um, they had the same investors. So all of a sudden <laughs> I wow. I'm standing without a job and luckily see that there's this opportunity to move back to California and Los Angeles and, and start up the market. So essentially do, you know, the same as I did at Tonser, but with, with Vio technologies. Um, and just to clarify they're they're, uh, also in the AI sports tech world, but they actually create, uh, AI cameras, um, mm-hmm. and they base it off of soccer. Um, so I was like, okay, so you're telling me you're a Danish company that work in the sports tech world and your main clientele is soccer players and the youth soccer world. Um, I, I mean, all I said was kind of like, where do I sign and, and right. how can I be a part of this? Right. Um, <laughs> It was the perfect timing in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, definitely not. But yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so let's, uh, let, yeah, let's jump in head first with, with, uh, with VO technologies. And I know you, um, you've told me that you're, you're now, you're currently speaking to us from, from Colorado, from a hotel room there in Colorado. You, you've just been, um, you were back in, in Denmark, um, recently and, um, yeah celebrating a new funding round, I understand, right? And um and so um it sounds like things Correct. are just going great with with VO. So so tell us what you do um on a daily basis. I, I know one of the exciting parts about our industry is that no day, no two days are are alike, but um but if you if you had right. to boil it down to, to like what you do on a daily basis, um what what would you what would you say? Um, it's a great question. And like you said, I, I think it, the easy way out would just say, um, no day is the same, but at the same time, obviously there is, there is sort of a method to the madness, right? right, right. <laughs> if you will. And, and, and it's, it's a precarious situation I find myself in because obviously I enjoy working for a Danish company, but at the same time, it's, it's a matter of time zones and I work nine hours behind them. So, um, I have very early meetings. I'm sometimes up at five in the morning to take meetings with the headquarters, um, meeting with the product team to, to give feedback from the customers and partners that we manage, um, or simply just, you know, doing, doing catch-ups with, with our marketing team as to what the next campaigns are going to be and such like that. So it's, um, it's definitely early mornings, but it's also sort of, uh, I think soccer primed me for that because we were up early anyway to go to practice. So it wasn't say, something yeah. that I wasn't used to. Um, I will, I will admit that I'm, I'm probably not the biggest morning person in the world, but that's slowly changing. Uh, (laughs) so, well, let's, uh, after the first cup of coffee, that might change, but, um, it's been, it's been very much of a, like sort of a transition from, you know, working a regular nine to five to now working from, you know, five in the morning to still working to nine o'clock at night, depending on what's, what the day brings. But Following meetings in the morning, we usually, uh, you know, you have the Denmark meetings up until 10, 10 o'clock and sort of are strategizing for the for the months ahead. Um, and just to clarify, sort of my my role in, in, in VO is simply to manage the partners that we currently have in the market. Um, so I manage the West for VO. It's, it's sort of the 13 states, uh, sort of the spine of Colorado, spanning westward, including uh, Hawaii and Alaska. Mm-hmm. But... It, it does mean that I, of course, have to travel a lot. Um, but with that said, uh, essentially, I'm just here to help grow grow the market for VO, create demand um, through partnerships and marketing. Mm-hmm. And um, 
having having sort of a background in the sports and being able to connect with with people that way has been a it's been a really fun job so far. Um, but yeah, from from just going from meetings with with the headquarters, I then obviously start my if you will regular day, right. <laughs> where I start doing the regular thing of answering emails and starting to brief partners on what are the upcoming activations, um, looking at which mar- which markets uh, we should sort of break into next. Um, I'm also very customer facing. So that does mean I at times have to work as sort of the first line of defense, if you will, uh-huh. um, for customer support. So uh, it is a scale up. Um, I can say that much. And I, and I think we're obviously getting more and more structure. We've just opened a, a sales office in Miami, which has been a really, really cool addition to sort of now be a US-based company as well, not just being a European-based company. Um, so me sort of trying to have meetings with salespeople on the current deals we have opened and, and how I can assist them in closing those deals. Um, and lastly, but not least, coming up with sort of ways that we can optimize both the product, but also the processes within the US, but the, the, the marketing department as a whole has been really nice. I think um, right now I'm, I'm one of the, the younger guys in the, in my position, um, but that's really not limited me to any, by any means. It's actually been, uh, I think a breath of fresh air for myself to sort of have some experience to lean on, but also come in with sort of a, if you will, young passion of right. really wanting to impress. And of course, wanting to, to stand out. Um, there is a, of course, a little bit of a competitive spirit from the sports world. Um, work with a lot of, of guys in my job that are obviously coaches. <laughs> so it's, it's a, it's a really, really good in between of everything that I enjoy doing, uh, while still challenging me enough to kind of grow every day. Um, I think my parents have always been very supportive of that kind of thing where it's, you know, if you grow every day and you, if you have a job where you're learning, um, you're kind of in the right spot. That's kind of the mindset I've always approached a job with. Mm-hmm. is if i'm if i'm sitting and i'm i'm learning something new that day it's been a good day um obviously everyone has a bad day from here and here and there but um i'm trying to sort of keep a a positive mindset of any of everything that's going on because i just think life's much easier that way so yeah i love that um that's really exciting and um i i want to i want to ask you my next question is is related to that experiential marketing that i've heard you heard you mention a couple of times with um activations and and, and whatnot so I, I wonder if um uh you know we're, we're continuing to develop obviously with experience industry management and um continuing to expand our offerings right. in terms of experience design and design thinking. And I wonder if that, um, if you're seeing that in what you do and, and whether um, that experience is helping you in, in, um, in growing your, your partnerships for, for VO. Oh, it's, it, it, I think it's been the most applicable thing I've done uh, in a very long time, um, even to the smallest things. And I actually kind of laugh about this sometimes, but I think it was in uh, with, with Carson Butler where we we had a uh, a class and and she was talking about how it events you know people often forget to put trash cans out and <laughs> it's yeah. the smallest details yeah but but it's a massive one <laughs> yeah at the same time um, and now I actually I run quite a lot of events for the company uh, we go to a lot of, of soccer tournaments because actually our our addressable market uh, the majority of it is is youth soccer players and parents and coaches Mm -hmm. so so the best place to come out really when we were trying to you know create some awareness was going out to tournaments 
uh, being there, setting up the tent, doing the grunt work, um, even filming games for clubs to then show them what our product can do. Um, so I would say I've, I've sort of learned from, from the ground up what it means to, to do sort of the event management to then going out and doing the bigger picture, more commercial, if you will, strategy. When you talk to a partner saying, Hey, we're looking to send out these different activations based on what, what have you, uh, seasonality or, or anything in terms of, you know, soccer clubs are about to start their season. We need to send something out in the next three weeks to make sure that one, we take advantage of the the need that they currently have, but also that we get the product to them in time so that they can actually use it for when their games start. Mm-hmm. Um, and understanding sort of the, 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 you know, the combination of all of those different things um, has been really, really great in sort of experiential marketing and taking some, some notes from also just having a structure when you go into these kind of things. Um, you can't just do it on a whim. And I think in any class that I've taken at Cal Poly thus far, you know, learning that kind of thing where you're actually, you're, you know, going with a plan, of course, thing, things are going to change. Um, nothing's ever going to go just according to plan. You're going to be, have to be adaptable. Uh, I think that's probably like a buzzword um, for, for anyone in this industry is, yeah. especially with startups, you're going to have to be adaptable. You're going to have to be comfortable with things changing around you, mm-hmm. even changing in your role. Um, and it's something that I think oftentimes get noticed if you're a person that welcomes that challenge as a one, a chance to to improve the company and then improve the market that you're in, but also at the same time prove yourself, uh, improve your worth. Uh, I think you're approaching that challenge really well because you're no longer looking at this as oh, this is gonna be a problem. It's no, how can I best find a solution for this? Right. So I know I'm throwing a lot of buzzwords out here, but sort of no, the <laughs> solution mindset um has helped me quite a bit i would say i bet i bet and um i just i just love that uh that example uh in talking about uh uh amber carson like <laughs> making sure you have the the trash cans out that 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 attention to detail though is is so critical um now obviously we're not we're not doing like brain surgery we're not uh, we're not talking that level of attention to detail but when you're putting on an event and exactly. and someone goes to put trash in a trash can and there's not one that reflects on you <laughs> and um and uh whether you like it or not it does and so uh I, I i love that example that's great and um and it's great to hear that that you're um you're using what you what you learned and and we're obviously trying to continue to expand what we teach along those lines in terms of experiential marketing and experience design design thinking and those sorts of um concepts you know we'll be uh, opening the experience innovations lab here within the next um year and we're super excited about that but um I wonder my last question I've been um I've been utilizing this one I think it's a I think it's a pretty good one to end on Simon um if you could um give advice to your younger self right uh uh what would uh what would that advice be Again great question um I think I kind of mentioned it earlier uh, and it's not to sound like a, a broken record or or any kind of cliche but but sort of being comfortable with change and and looking for solutions and the things that you do Um, I think in any industry that you go into, if you have that mindset, um, and you try and look at the the bright side of things and say, this is an opportunity for me to learn, even if I'm going to do it wrong, I'm still going to do it and I'm going to learn from it. 
uh, you can, I think you can come a long way. Um, I will be the first to admit that I still have quite a long ways to go. Um, but I think that having that mindset, uh, and that didn't come just naturally. I think I definitely, um, I had to scrape some elbows and kind of, you know, get, get the experience from doing it myself. And, and even in, in the soccer, uh, sort of student athlete realm when I was at Cal Poly, um, I wasn't always the most positive guy. I, I had downs, uh, downtimes where I thought that the world was ending and because I wasn't playing, uh, my problems was the world's problems and <laughs> it just doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so sort of maturing through those kind of learnings has been massive for me. Um, it's always easy to look back and be like, Oh, I should have done this, but who are we kidding? You know, everyone makes mistakes. So, so being able to then own that, um, and say, I, I do know I need to learn this and that, but at the same time, I'm going to, I'm going to bring my best effort in anything that I do. Um, and I'm going to look for the solutions. There's, I, I joke with my colleagues often, um, and it, it sounds stupid, but in, in Denmark, you kind of have this saying where you're, you're looking for the holes in the cheese instead of seeing the cheese. <laughs> um, and, and it just kind of speak, <laughs> you, you, you sort of are speaking to, again, that the solution mindset of, of what probably brings the best out in people is, is helping each other also as a team, when there's someone who's looking to do, uh, something that they just maybe don't have a lot of experience with, you know, it's, it's okay to reach out and say, Hey, do you think there's a better solution than what I've got? Um, and being open to that as well. So I know I threw a lot at you, but um, I hope no, that helps. No, really, Simon, that's, that's, uh, that's not uh, what you just said. It's not cliche at all. And, um, and is, is just a gem. I can't, I can't thank you enough for that. I mean, I just think it's so important um, to shift your mindset there. I think you're so right. Um, we, we have a tendency, you know, I, I look at it also like you from the sports realm, you know, I remember, um, I, I remember high school friends, like getting back together with them, like many, many years later and still, and they're still hung up on like, um, you know, someone wronging them and, and them not being like the star player that they thought they could have been. And it's like, really, you got to let that go, dude. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's like, it's like, yeah, I mean, uh, so I really appreciate it. Spot on. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So I really appreciate you, uh, you, you talking about the shifting that mindset. I think it's so important. Um, thank you so much, Simon, for taking the time today, especially while you're traveling and, um, with your, with the job and, um, just can't thank you enough for spending time with us today. No, thank you, Brian. I think it's, it's a great thing that you guys are doing with this uh, podcast. It, it helps people get exposed to what we're doing, uh, and, and the many different avenues that students have taken. Uh, it's, it's really fun to be able to sort of follow along, um, the many different ways that people have gone and it, you know, it just makes you proud to be, be part of the, the education that you get at Cal Poly. So I've really enjoyed following along thus far and I, I will enjoy it going forward as well. Right Bye. on, right on. Well, super excited to, to add you to the list of, of, uh, of, uh, podcast guests and, um, and, and thanks again. See you, Simon. See ya.